0: 听鸟儿的欢鸣
1: to Motoread 今天我们将会听到法国小说家乔治桑的一句话德国诗人海涅的一首诗歌The butterfly is in love with the rose蝴蝶爱上了玫瑰花以及由美国教育家阿伯特劳伦斯洛维尔所写的一篇文章Liberty and Discipline自由与约束More to
0: read用文字抒发感情 用文字诉说故事文字
2: Daily quote.
1: He who draws noble delights from sentiments of poetry is a true poet. Though he has never written a lie in all his life, George Sand。从诗歌情感中汲取高尚快乐的人，是一个真正的诗人，尽管他一生中从未写过一句诗。乔治桑，乔治桑是法国著名的小说家，是巴尔扎克时代最具风情、最另类的小说家。他凭借发表的第一部长篇小说《安蒂亚娜》而一举成名。作为一位多产的作家, 以及大量书简和正论文章。1804年7月1日, 1日 父亲是第一帝国拿破仑时代的一个军官 由于父亲早逝, 他与大文学家谬赛的艳势 He who draws noble delights from sentiments of poetry is a true poet Though he has never written a line in all his life George Sand 从诗歌情感中汲取高尚快乐的人是一个真正的诗人。尽管他一生中从未写过一句诗乔治桑。
2: The Butterfly is in Love with the Rose, Heinrich Heine. The Butterfly is in Love with the Rose. Flutters about the rose a thousand times. About the butterfly with golden tenderness flutters the loving sunbeam. However, with whom is the rose in love? That I would very much like to know. Is it with the singing nightingale? Is it with the silent evening star? I do not know with whom the Rose is in love, but I, I love you all. Rose, Butterfly, Sunbeam, Evening Star, and Nightingale.
0: 蝴蝶爱上了玫瑰花海念 蝴蝶爱上了玫瑰花, 空生的金星金星日光
1: 刚才听到的这首诗歌, the butterfly is in love with the rose蝴蝶爱上了玫瑰花。主自德国著名诗人海因里西海涅英文版本由马格菲斯威宁朗读中文版本由南海之声的主持人周威威宁朗诵。海因里西海涅一七九七年出生于德国莱茵河畔的杜塞尔多夫。散文家思想家其散文优美潇洒 清心眷勇, 正论笔风犀利, 洋溢着战斗的豪情, 1856年2月17日 海涅在巴黎去世,
2: butterfly is in love with the rose, Heinrich Heine. The butterfly is in love with the rose, flutters about the rose a thousand times. About the butterfly, with golden tenderness, flutters the loving sunbeam. However, with whom? is the rose in love that I would very much like to know is it with the singing nightingale is it with the silent evening star I do not know with whom the rose is in love but I, I love you all rose, butterfly, sunbeam evening star and nightingale more to read.
0: 文字的世界, 用心,
1: beauty of words Liberty and discipline自由与约束。文章的作者阿波特劳伦斯·洛维尔 是美国著名的教育家 1909年至 1916年 7月的耶鲁评论当时正值第一次世界大战期间 作者看到的世界是一个万国激烈竞争 科技日新月异, 好,下面就让我们一起来读一下这篇文章当中的节选片段。Liberty and Discipline by Abbott Lawrence
0: Lowell
1: Both these principles of discipline and of liberty contain much truth, Neither is absolutely true, nor can be carried to its logical extreme. For one, by subjecting all a man's actions to the control of a master, would lead to slavery. The other, by leaving every man free to disregard the common welfare, would lead to anarchy. In America, we are committed, as it were, to err on the side of liberty. And it is my purpose to consider here what are the dangers and conditions of liberty in the American
0: college。约束原则和自由原则均有道理。但二者均不是绝对真理, 也不可能操作至极。在美国,我们允许出于自由而犯错。因此,我要再次讨论的是, It is
1: in college that young men first enjoy the pleasure of liberty and assume its responsibilities. They sometimes think themselves still under no little restriction, because they cannot leave the college during term time without permission and must attend the lectures, examinations, and other duties. But these are slight compared with the restraints which will surround any busy man in afterlife. There is no better place than college to learn to use freedom without abusing it. This is one of the greatest opportunities of college life, the thing that makes strong men stronger and sometimes weak men weaker than before.
0: 在大学,年轻人第一次尝到了自由的喜悦, 这是校园生活的最大的优越性因此而使强者更强或使弱者更弱
1: liberty means a freedom of choice in regulating one's conduct If you are free to attend a lecture, but not free to stay away from it, then it is compulsory You have no liberty, whatever in the matter A man of wealth has no freedom about paying taxes he is obliged to pay them. But he has freedom about giving money away to relieve distress or for other charitable purposes, because he may give or not as he pleases. A man is at liberty to be generous or mean, to be kindly or selfish, to be truthful or tricky, to be industrious or lazy. In all these things, his duty may be clear, but he is free to disregard it,
0: 自由意味着对调整自身行为的自由选择因为捐与不捐
1: In short, liberty means freedom to do wrong as well as to do right. Else, it is no freedom at all. It means freedom to be foolish as well as to be wise, to prefer immediate self-indulgence to future benefit for oneself or others, liberty to neglect as well as to perform the duties of the passing hour that never comes again. But if liberty were used exclusively to do wrong, it would be intolerable and good sense would sweep it from the earth. The supposition on which liberty is based, the condition on which it exists, is that men will use it for right more than for wrong, that in the long run they will do right more often and do more that is good than under a system of
0: restraint. 否则自由就无从谈起 自由的前提和存在的条件在于, 而这种效果是纪律约束体系下不能实现的。Mark
1: this, liberty and discipline are not mutually exclusive. Liberty does not mean that good results can ever be attained without discipline. If rightly used, it means only that regulation by others is replaced by self-discipline, no less severe and inexorable. The man who does not force himself to work when he is disinclined to do so will never achieve anything worth doing. Some really industrious men affect to do only what they like, never working save when the spirit moves them. And occasionally, such men deceive themselves in trying to deceive others. If not, they have usually schooled themselves to want what they ought to want.
0: 自由并不意味着没有约束就能取得好的效果。如果恰当运用。自由就意味着以同样严格的自我约束取代他人的规章制度。一个人如果从不强迫自己做不愿意做的事，他将永远不会做出有价值的事情。一些非常勤劳的人只做他们喜欢做的事情，从不做不想做的事情，而这样的人时常是在自欺欺人。若非如此，那么他们通常便是让自己去追求应该追求的。
1: Self-discipline has brought their inclinations as well as their conduct into a happy subjection to their will. But in fact, labor carried anywhere near the point of maximum productivity, the point where a man puts forth his utmost effort, is never wholly pleasurable. Although the moral force required to drive oneself at top speed varies much in different people. An idle disposition, however, is no sufficient excuse for shirking. Many years ago, a stingy old merchant in Boston lay dying. The old miser turned to the brother sitting by his bedside and said, John, I wish I had been more generous in giving away money in my life. But it has been harder for me than for most men to give money. And John, I think the Lord will make allowance for differences in temperament. Thus do we excuse ourselves for
0: self-indulgence。自我约束是他们的喜好和行为服从于他们的意志。很多年前在波士顿所以由此 how many
1: men in every American college make an effort to get through with little to spare, win a degree, and evade an education? Not an insignificant number. How many strive earnestly to put forth their utmost effort to obtain an education that will develop their intellectual powers to the fullest extent? and fit them in the highest possible degree to cope with the problems they will face as men and as citizens again not an insignificant number but are they enough to satisfy pasteur's aspirations or even to justify his idea of the object of liberty
0: 在美國各所大學中有多少人但求將將通過獲得學位而未曾真正田教育为数不少
1: liberty and discipline by Abbot lawrence lowell both these principles of discipline and of liberty contain much truth neither is absolutely true nor can be carried to its logical extreme for one by subjecting all a men's actions to the control of a master would lead to slavery the other by leaving every man free to disregard the common welfare would lead to anarchy In America, we are committed, as it were, to err on the side of liberty. And it is my purpose to consider here what are the dangers and conditions of liberty in the American college. It is in college that young men first enjoy the pleasure of liberty and assume its responsibilities. They sometimes think themselves still under no little restriction, because they cannot leave the college during term time without permission and must attend the lectures, examinations, and other duties. But these are slight compared with the restraints which will surround any busy man in afterlife. There is no better place than college to learn to use freedom without abusing it. This is one of the greatest opportunities of college life, the thing that makes strong men stronger and sometimes weak men weaker than before. Liberty means a freedom of choice in regulating one's conduct. If you are free to attend a lecture, but not free to stay away from it, then it is compulsory. You have no liberty, whatever in the matter. A man of wealth has no freedom about paying taxes. He is obliged to pay them. But he has freedom about giving money away to relieve distress or for other charitable purposes because he may give or not as he pleases. A man is at liberty to be generous or mean, to be kindly or selfish, to be truthful or tricky, to be industrious or lazy. In all these things, his duty may be clear, but he is free to disregard it. In short, liberty means freedom to do wrong as well as to do right, else it is no freedom at all. It means freedom to be foolish as well as to be wise, to prefer immediate self-indulgence to future benefit for oneself or others, liberty to neglect as well as to perform the duties of the passing hour that never comes again. But if liberty were used exclusively to do wrong, it would be intolerable, and good sense would sweep it from the earth. The supposition on which liberty is based The condition on which it exists is that men will use it for right more than for wrong. That in the long run they will do right more often and do more that is good than under a system of restraint. Mark this. Liberty and discipline are not mutually exclusive. Liberty does not mean that good results can ever be attained without discipline. If rightly used, It means only that regulation by others is replaced by self-discipline, no less severe and inexorable. The man who does not force himself to work when he is disinclined to do so will never achieve anything worth doing. Some really industrious men affect to do only what they like, never working save when the Spirit moves them. And occasionally, such men deceive themselves in trying to deceive others. If not, they have usually schooled themselves to want what they ought to want. Self-discipline has brought their inclinations as well as their conduct into a happy subjection to their will. But in fact, labor carried anywhere near the point of maximum productivity, the point where a man puts forth his utmost effort, is never wholly pleasurable. Although the moral force required to drive oneself at top speed varies much in different people an idle disposition however is no sufficient excuse for shirking many years ago a stingy old merchant in boston lay dying the old miser turned to the brother sitting by his bedside and said john i wish i had been more generous in giving away money in my life but it has been harder for me than for most men to give money and john I think the Lord will make allowance for differences in temperament. Thus do we excuse ourselves for self-indulgence. How many men in every American college make an effort to get through with little to spare, win a degree, and evade an education? Not an insignificant number. How many strive earnestly to put forth their utmost effort to obtain an education that will develop their intellectual powers to the fullest extent, and fit them in the highest possible degree to cope with the problems they will face as men and as citizens? Again, not an insignificant number. But are they enough to satisfy Pasteur's aspirations, or even to justify his idea of the object of liberty? 感谢您收听今天的美文阅读节目